Hey, Coach Chris Rodriguez here, and welcome to episode three of the Soulfully You podcast. In this episode, we talk about the power of play and how we can incorporate that in our adult lives to better problem solve, connect with each other, and find that soulful part of ourselves. We get into how we lose that playful, childlike part of ourselves. We talk about the struggles that women and Black bodies of culture sometimes experience in corporate settings. And I give some tips and strategies on how to cultivate play in your life today. As always, if you like the show, help others find me by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can follow me on Instagram at coach underscore Chris Rodriguez. And for all of my episodes and all of my coaching programs, you can find them at coachchrisrodriguez.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's jump into the show. Hey, friend, welcome to the Soulfully You podcast with Coach Chris Rodriguez. I'm a movement and mindset coach, and I believe in a deeper way of living, a more soulful way of being. Join me each week for conversations about how to put a little more soul into our work, our relationships, and our everyday lives. As a kid, I never understood why people were so fascinated with the horror genre. Why on earth would anybody pay money to be scared? Moreover, I didn't understand what the heck was going on in the minds of these writers. They must be insane. As I got older, I realized that horror is a way to tell us about our society and the human condition. One of the most iconic horror movies and books is the 70s thriller, The Shining. This was Jack Nicholson's breakout role, and oh my goodness, it's amazing. Jack plays this character who takes a job as an innkeeper in a remote inn in the middle of nowhere, he forces his family to come with him. And for him, it's a way for him to get away and do more work. Every day, he'd sit down at his typewriter and he'd try to write his book. And his work consumed him. Eventually, his work possessed him. And there's this iconic moment where his wife finally walks over to the typewriter where he had been working all night, just locked in his room. And horrified, she reads hundreds of pages of his words, all work and no play make Jack a dull boy. The shot pans in on her face. And we know something bad is about to happen. And this sets up him trying to murder 
his family. It's crazy. I believe that hard work is a value. It should be a part of all of our lives. But our society has championed and has made it socially acceptable that work is the main part of our lives. Is this the way it's supposed to be? Or is there a better way? I think our priorities as a society are out of balance and that we can reorient ourselves by tapping into a part of us that we've forgotten, the childhood version of ourselves. Think about your earliest memory of joy. Think about the early moments when you've had the most fun. Who was there? Where were you? And what were you doing? More than likely, it involved play. Here's a conversation with play psychologist Stuart Brown as he talks about the importance of incorporating play into our lives as adults. So here we go, a flyby of play. It's got to be serious if the New York Times puts a cover story of their February 17th Sunday magazine about play. At the bottom of this, it says it's deeper than gender, seriously but dangerously fun, and a sandbox for new ideas about evolution. Not bad. Except if you look at that cover, what's missing? You see any adults? Well, let's go back to the 15th century. This is a courtyard in Europe, and a mixture of 124 different kinds of play. All ages, solo play, body play, games, taunting, and there it is. And I think this is a typical picture of what it was like in a courtyard then. I think we may have lost something in our culture. So I'm going to take you through what I think is a remarkable sequence. North of Churchill, Manitoba, in October and November, there's no ice on Hudson Bay, and this polar bear that you see is 1,200-pound male. He's wild and fairly hungry. And Norbert Rossing, a German photographer, is there on scene making a series of photos of these huskies who are tethered. And from out of stage left comes this wild male polar bear with a predatory gaze. Any of you have been to Africa or uh, had a junkyard dog come after you, there is a fixed kind of predatory gaze that you know you're in trouble. But on the other side of that predatory gaze is a female husky in a play bow wagging her tail. And something very unusual happens. That fixed behavior, which is rigid and stereotyped and ends up with a meal, changes. And this polar bear stands over the husky, no claws extended, no fangs, taking a look, and they begin an incredible ballet, a play ballet. This is in nature. It overrides the carnivorous nature and what otherwise would have been a short fight to the death. And if you'll begin to look closely at the husky that's bearing her throat to the polar bear, 
and look a little more closely, they're in an altered state. They're in a state of play. And it's that state that allows these two creatures to explore the possible. They are beginning to do something that neither would have done without the play signals. And it is a marvelous example of how a differential in power can be overridden by a process of nature that's within all of us. Now, how did I get involved in this? Uh, John mentioned that I'd done some work with murderers, and I have. The Texas Tower murderer opened my eyes in in retrospect when we studied his uh, tragic uh, mass murder to the importance of play in that uh, that individual, by deep study, was found to have severe play deprivation. Charles Whitman was his name. And our committee, which consisted of a lot of hard scientists, did feel at the end of that study that the absence of play and a, and a progressive suppression of developmentally normal play led him to be more vulnerable to the, to the tragedy that he perpetrated. And that finding has, has stood the test of time, unfortunately, even in, into uh, more recent times at Virginia Tech. When that mother and infant lock eyes, and the infant's old enough to have a social smile, what happens spontaneously is the eruption of joy on the part of the mother, and she begins to babble and coo and smile, and so does the baby. If we've got them wired up with uh, an electroencephalogram, the right brain of each of them becomes attuned, so that the joyful emergence of this earliest of play scenes And the physiology of that is something we're beginning to get a handle on. And I'd like you to think that every more, every bit of more complex play builds on this base for us humans. Now the program says that the opposite of play is not work, it's depression. And I think if you think about life without play, no humor, no flirtation, no movies, no games, no fantasy, and, and, and. Try and imagine a culture or a life, adult or otherwise, without play. And the thing that's so unique about our species is that we're really designed to play through our whole lifetime. The basis of human trust is established through play signals, and we begin to lose those signals culturally and otherwise as adults. That's a shame. When do we lose that playful part of ourselves? Think about your elementary school. For me, it was sitting in an assigned seat every day and having my name read in alphabetical order. I went to middle school and it was the same thing. In high school and in college, I had a choice to sit wherever I wanted. But I had been conditioned to sit in the same seat every day. So that's what I did. And that's what you probably did too. During your school day, how long did you play? 30 minutes to an hour of recess and maybe 30 minutes to an hour every other day of gym class. And now we're older and life is busy and complicated and it's serious. So how often do we think about going and playing just for the sake of play. Even our health goals, when we go to the gym, it's not out of a 
hey, this is fun. This is something I enjoy. It's a, I got to get my body right. I have to perform a certain way. I have to look a certain way. And all the joy is taken out of our physical activities. What are we losing by not engaging with that playful part of ourselves? When we don't cultivate healthy childlike practices, we become childish adults. Look around. Look at our politics. Look at the name calling. Look at the way our leaders are treating each other. Look at the way people throw tantrums. It's a serious problem that causes us to lose relationships. But more than anything, it causes us to lose that soulful part of ourselves. Let's talk about the corporate setting. What I've seen in my own life and in the life of my clients, a lot of times for women and black bodies of color in these spaces, it doesn't feel safe to show up as playful. For myself as a black body, I've found myself in these spaces showing up in the past as stoic and pragmatic because I felt this pressure that I needed to be taken seriously. For my clients who are women in these spaces, what I've seen is if they show up bubbly and giggly and playful, they're looked at as ditzy and dumb. But then on the other side of the spectrum, if they show their emotions of anger, if they get upset about something, if they're firm about what they want or what they need, then they're difficult. After years of being conditioned to take life too seriously, to prioritize work over everything else, how do we get that soulfulness back, that joy, that play? For me, the answer is found in the childhood version of ourselves. I call it that inner soul child. In that child, there's improvisation, there's curiosity, there's exploration. There's that permission to say, hey, I don't have to take this too seriously. I can play with this. I could have fun with this. Here are three practices to help you rediscover that inner soul child. Practice one revolves around our work. The next time you have to do a presentation, build a graph or a spreadsheet, rather than going and doing it on your computer first, get a piece of construction paper, some crayons, color pencils, color markers, and draw it out. There's research that says when we tap into that childhood portion of our brain through creativity, it actually opens us up to solve problems more effectively. Practice two revolves around our relationships and dealing with conflict. The next time you're trying to resolve a conflict, imagine the conflict as if it was a ball or an object that you're playing with to try to figure out with curiosity. Now, 
I'm not saying think of what you're going through with the other as a joke. No, conflict is very serious. But open the door to say, hey, let's get creative and let's get curious about solving this problem. I would encourage even saying that to the person that you're having the conflict with. And watch the way that opens up the door for more nuanced conversations. And this third practice has to do with you individually. Do you have a play practice? Can you set aside one day a week or once a day that you play just for the sake of playing? Playful activities could be juggling. It could be Riding your bike, but not for the purpose of, oh, I got to get my cardio in, but just for the sheer joy of riding. It could be jump rope. Dance can be very playful. Your art can be playful. I definitely encourage physical body play. But if that's not for you, maybe gaming is something for you. Or maybe playing cards at home after dinner with your family is a type of play that'll work for you. What I like to do is break up my tasks for the day. So in the middle of my workday, after I get something done, I like to break it up with something artful or something playful. Life can be serious. Life can be painful. Life can be stressful. But this is your permission to not take everything so serious. And what you'll find is that if you just add a little bit of play in your work, in your relationships, and in your personal daily life, you'll awaken and remember joy. And that joyfulness will impact the people in your life. Thank you for listening to the Soulfully You podcast with Coach Chris Rodriguez. If you like the show, Help others find me by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at coach underscore Chris Rodriguez. For more episodes, along with all of my coaching programs, visit me at www.coachchrisrodriguez.com. Special thanks to my team behind the scenes. Editing and show notes by Holly Lydiard and music by Dan Smith. And remember, whatever you do, wherever you find yourself today, make sure you put some soul in it.